Dear listener, welcome to the Sincerely Us podcast, where five friends discuss various topics from singleness to motherhood to simply trying to make sense of this messy life we get to live. In each episode, we chat about your letters. We're in this together and want you to be a part of the journey. Consider us pen pals. So please write to us at sincerelyuspodcast at gmail.com. Until then, enjoy today's conversation. Sincerely, us. We are so excited for this episode. Um, I personally am so excited because it's on a topic that is so near and dear to my heart, foster care. Tonight, we are going to be having a conversation about um, some of the common myths and questions and concerns that people have, uh, maybe some of the reasons they might be held back from getting involved in foster care. And to join us in this conversation, we've invited my friend Allison Armentano to be in on it with us. Um, She has a lot more experience than I do as a foster parent, and we're just excited to hear from her, um, hear her answer questions, hear her experience, um, and just be a part of this conversation with us. Yes. So welcome, Allison. Yay. Hi, Allison. Libby, real quick, Um, anything else exciting happening tonight? uh, I'm I'm 40 weeks and two or three days pregnant. And I'm having contractions seven minutes apart. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get a little baby in like a day. You know, it better be a big baby considering the 40 pounds I've gained. But, um. Oh, shut it. I think I gained like and, 60. And it's fine. Everything's fine. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. So before we get started with the questions. I want Allison to give us a quick intro into um, who she is, who her family members are, and just a little like snippet into your experience with foster care and adoption. Okay, awesome. Thanks for having me. Um, So my husband, Terrence, and I, we've been married for almost 14 years now, and 10 of those years we have been foster parents so it was just a couple months ago that we let our license go we just felt like god was calling us into um, a new season of just coming alongside people that might just be starting out their journey or interested in it so like i said we've been married 14 years and we have seven children um two of which we have adopted from our local foster care agency and then five biological children that's so sweet. It's incredible. So yeah, we want to um, open the floor up to the other hosts who are not foster parents um, to ask questions that they have or that they know people have um, in terms of what it means to get licensed and just like the whole experience. Yeah. So I guess initially, what does it look like financially? Um, That's a great question. Whether that is, I don't know, affording feeding so many beautiful mouths, um, or yeah, I don't, I don't know, Libby, if you like have anything more specifically that you know you've heard a lot about finances, but I'm just curious about generically what finances look like as a foster parent. Yeah, I feel like in general, people have asked, like, how do you afford to have those extra children? Or especially with our last foster care placement, um, one of our sons had a lot of medical needs. Um, But Allison, do you mind answering that question? 
No, not at all. And this was something that was really surprising to me when we, when my husband and I first started looking into foster care. You have to, as one of the steps towards licensure, you have to prove that you are financially stable okay. on your own. You don't need to be like, like rich or like anything, but just financially stable. You have to show like, you know, that you have income coming in and enough to cover all of your bills and expenses and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like one of the steps of licensure. But then once you get licensed and when you accept a placement, this was something that we totally didn't know. And I think a lot of people don't know, but that the county actually reimburses you or gives you a subsidy each month um, for the children that are in your care. Hmm. And it's not like, because the myth that you hear is you're like, oh, people do it for the money. But it's it's to help people that have a heart to do it and are in a financially stable place. All their bills are covered, but they have the heart to serve. Um, so it kind of helps them to cover the costs of feeding the mouths and the medical appointments, driving to those, and just the you know having to buy. Typically, you have to buy a lot of stuff up front for these kids um, because they may or may not come with clothes or what they do come with may need to be replaced. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's a couple of things I want to add to that too. When she mm-hmm. talks about being financially stable, when you get licensed, she means with the amount of children you currently have, mm-hmm. um, not like that you can prove that you can add three more to your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, yeah, like there are, when our boys were first placed with us, um, we received like a voucher to go shopping to get them what they needed, um, like clothes or whatever they needed. Um, so there's, yeah, it's definitely, it's not like you get rich obviously, right. Right. but it definitely helps. It, ma- it makes it possible because otherwise there are not a lot of people that would be able to do it. Cause I mean, they're extra humans <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and for me, um, our per diem, like a lot of our per diem went to paying for babysitters because we I had so many medical appointments for one of the boys that I needed someone to watch the other three kids. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely a big a a big deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Allison, totally different subject, but um, how? Because you're able to choose to say yes or no to a call, right? Yes. So how how do you guys end up choosing? I mean, I'm sure it's, you know, obviously case by case basis, but you, do you have any kind of like set standard for things that, you know, like, would you say no ever to, to a call? Yeah, there were, um, we kind of looked at it per season. What age group would we be open to fostering just depending on lots of various reasons. Um, so for a season we were like, we're going to do younger kids um kindergarten age and younger that's what we felt comfortable with so it was hard because when they would call you for maybe a child that was nine or ten and you were just saying like no we really you know um we're just sticking with the younger kids right now that's what we feel we can handle and I think you have to be okay with saying no and knowing that the caseworkers they're not offended if you're like no this just isn't the right fit for our family they're like okay we're gonna you know find the right fit um And then there was a season where we moved on to, it was actually when we had a lot of little kids in our house. We're like, we can't take any more babies. We can't take any more little kids. 
and we told our foster agency we are only open to taking teenage girls. Um, so we were very specific with them, letting them know this is what we can handle during this season of our life. And they were always very respectful okay. of that. So, Can I ask uh, why gr- teenage girls and not boys? Yeah, I guess our, um, so it would have been our oldest daughter that we adopted from foster care. She was around the age, oh, she was probably around like eight or nine. And we just didn't feel comfortable. She actually might've been a little older, maybe nine or 10, preteen years. So we just didn't feel comfortable bringing a teen boy that wasn't like a relative of ours into the house because she was still... We have like bathrooms to share and things like that. So just like privacy issues, um, we just felt um, comfortable with girls. And the bed that we had available currently was in her room. So it kind of was like a no-brainer. We, it was kind of like we wanted that privacy and things for her. And then they were sharing a room for a little bit too. So Yeah, gotcha. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I have another question, but I don't want to like... <laughs> Like, come and do this. Is that okay? Can I ask another question? Oh, I don't know. So this is also just out of left field, but um, I'm curious, has, or have you guys ever experienced any negative reactions to your uh, just fostering, um, whether that be from other family members or even neighbors or friends, like people that have treated you differently or treat them badly just because they're from a foster care. So I, I just kind of feel like that's, that's maybe a fear that people would kind of have going into something like this. You know, we have really had nothing but support, um, which I don't know if that's unique. Um, and maybe we just came out <laughs> negative naysayers. Um, but people have in general been really supportive of us. Um, you have like, whenever you go to the store, you do have like comments that are said to you that are just kind of, you're like, oh, that's kind of weird or awkward. <laughs> like my, my daughter that we adopted, she looks like me. Um, and people say that a lot. They're like, oh, she looks like you. And I remember I was at the store one time and I had my son that we also adopted from foster care. Mm. And this person just looks at him. She goes, but he doesn't look like either of oh you. Oh my God. And I was like, uh, okay. And we just kind of like walk away. And I was like, buddy, I was like, but you're so cute. I love oh. you. Um, there's like those awkward things, but you just gotta, I mean, it is what it is. And he's just like, yeah, well, of course I don't look like you. I'm adopted. So <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any negativity. Negativity. Um, I mean, our neighbors were great. Um, I think the more um, upfront you are with people and just saying like this is what we feel called to, um, things like people are pretty open. Um, Allison, did you guys adopt before or after having your biological kids? Like some of them. Well, we actually kind of what led us down this path, my husband, and I had talked about, you know, when you're engaged and dating and early on before we had kids, we always said we are open to adoption and foster care and all of that. And in our plans, we had planned, we're going to do this like later in life when we're, you know, after we've had all of our biological kids, then we'll foster and adopt. Um, but when we started having kids, I was we went through a season of infertility 
and three miscarriages back to back. And we were just like, you know what, let's, we've always said we wanted to foster adopt. So let's start it now sooner rather than later. And you know, if we end up having biological children, awesome. It'll be wanted, you know, our hopes were we always kind of wanted a big family. So um, we started the ball rolling with that. And we found out I was pregnant with my oldest biological son, Evan. Sorry, our family, like when people ask us about ages and all of this, <laughs> I'm like, you don't know what can of worms open. Um, so our oldest son, Evan, we found out we were pregnant with him. And then we went ahead and accepted our first placement of Josh and Corey. Who we've been so I was about two or three months pregnant. So we went from zero kids to three kids in six months. So, cool. so that was kind of a oh my gosh. crazy <laughs> okay so can you would you mind talking about just for a second what that was like for you emotionally when you found out you were pregnant and also in the process of doing this at the same time yeah oh man um we were so excited to be pregnant um that was my fourth pregnancy so we were you know we were excited going through all those emotions of am I going to miscarry again? Because I, I made it to the three month mark before. Um, and then it just, you know, I couldn't get past that three month mark. Um, so we were excited, anxious, hopeful about the pregnancy. And then we said yes to, um, to our two, to the two kids that were called to us. And it was everything just like sped up that season just seemed it seems to have gone by so fast, but when I was living it, it seemed so slow because the days were so long. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Allison, so what, because I know at first you kind of, so you had um, your baby and then the two boys, right? Is that the, so you went from having no, no kids to three, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was the, my baby boy and then um, my son and daughter then. Okay. And so, so they kind of grew up together. What did it look mm -hmm. like then? Well, I guess even maybe with the first three, you experienced this too, but what did it look like um, navigating behavior um, dynamics, I guess, with your foster kids and that affecting your biological children? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. No, that, that makes perfect sense. And I think that that's yeah, that's a valid point to make. Um, that was probably one of the hardest things for me. Um, and I just remember praying. I was like, Lord, like, please just protect my biological son. Have him learn what is right and wrong from me and my husband and not from, um, it would have been his older siblings that he was being raised with because you know that kids typically mimic other kids. Mm -hmm. um, and at that point, um, the foster kids that we had in care, they were tantruming. I mean, just having them go through tantrums hours of every day. Um, mm -hmm. and there's nothing that you can do to stop that. You just have to be there while they go through that, where, while they're going through that grief. And lots of times while they're grieving and in pain and healing from trauma, it comes out as ugly tantrums. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I just remember him being a, a baby and just, I was like, he gets lulled to sleep by the sound of screaming, children throwing tantrums. That's his white noise. Wow. And um, he, I can say that he has grown up and he, um, he has a heart of gold. And mm. um, I can't speak for all kids because I'm sure that some kids have had bad experiences, but um, it, if anything, it's, it's benefited them in the positive for us, um, even though it may be hard on them. So not that it's easy on them because it's not always easy, but it can refine them and build their character. I love that. That's awesome. So good. Um, it was like super hard for us, or I'll, I'll just speak for myself. It was super hard for me to see the behavior of my oldest biological son get worse because of our foster sons. Um, cause they were the exact same age and yeah, it was super hard. And I was like, felt like after they moved out that I was going to like need to be doing months or years of therapy or something to get back the boy that I like had been trying to raise but honestly like he has bounced back remarkably um I think he was just doing his best to cope with the situation he was in and and he I feel like he did benefit a lot in positive ways from the experience but anytime he like misbehaved above and beyond what I was used to, it broke my heart. Mm. Yeah, that's so hard. Allison, I'd love to know, um, like, was there some sort of transition that happened? Like when you knew that you were going to adopt the kids that you were fostering, were you like, I don't know. I, I feel like I have a hard time understanding like, do you just grow to love them like your own, even when they're not your own? Or is it like, then you can like fully grow to love them once you know that you're, they're staying? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. And so we ended up, um, the two children that we adopted, um, we fostered them for about two and a half years. Um, and it was a lot of going back and forth. Well, you know, one month we were thinking like, okay, this is going to adoption. So like we were looking to become a forever mom and dad. And then the next month it would be like, oh, nope, we think it's going to be going the other way, reunification. And we're like, okay, so now we're going to go back into that mode where we're kind of trying to not guard our hearts, but just find our place. Like, okay, we may not be. So we're going to be encouraging, um, you know, them to go back with their biological mom and build that relationship. So it was kind of this back and forth for a good couple years. Um, and looking back, I remember when we found out that like, okay, the, this is, it, it's it. And we're like, okay, this is, this is it. We're, a, the adoption's going to go through, the date's set, and we are going to, you know, love you like our own kids forever. And Love we have learned is it's just as much of a choice as it is sometimes more of a choice than an emotion or feeling because when a child is rebelling against you or having a tantrum or um, saying things like that, you're like, but I choose you as my child. I choose to love you. 
and um, there's nothing that's going to break break that. And what a cool testament to them too, you know, after having been in the foster care system for, I'm assuming for a while, you know, before they got settled in with you and for someone to finally say, no, I, I actually choose you and you're not going to be drifting anymore. No, sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting a little emotional talking about all this because um, it's been, I mean, they've been with us now for 10 years. Yeah. And um, just talking about this from where we started to where we are now, um, it hasn't always been pretty. It's been hard. There's been counseling. There's been, you know, therapy. There's been, I mean, lots of, lots of things involved, but um, I guess I just want to tell people that like when you're in the trenches and you're in those tantrums, because we were there for years, just getting by, going through, um, just being there with them to that there's hope um, in this journey. So I love that. Um, I was just going to ask you, so I feel like maybe you already kind of covered this in what you just said, but um, if there is a woman or, or a bro listening right now um, that maybe they have considered foster care, but they might feel afraid or um, or maybe they have been wanting to be a parent for a long time and the road has looked different for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe they just are curious about foster care, want to do it, but feel afraid. Do you feel like, is there any encouragement that you would give them? I mean, I do feel like you kind of already just said that, but if there's anything, just having that person in mind, like somebody that wants to try, but is afraid for any number of reasons. Um, Mm -hmm. Is there any encouragement that you? Yeah. um, I feel like just knowing that when you go into foster care, the number one goal of foster care is to reunite children with their biological family. Um, So you have to kind of go in with your eyes open, knowing that if a child comes to your home, there's a good probability that they're not going to go up for adoption. Um, That's because that's like Mm -hmm. the second choice. Like first choice is they want, the county wants to reunite children with their biological family, whether it's a parent, a grandma, an aunt, um, it could be an older cousin. I mean, it really doesn't matter whoever has is a blood relative kind of gets the the first choice if they choose and then the foster parent is Mm -hmm. if all of those kind of don't work out then it opens up to the foster parents um so i would just want people to know that going into it if they're looking like oh as soon as i get a foster kid then i'll be able to adopt them that's usually that's not how it goes Mm -hmm. um that's a good way to get set up for heartbreak yeah Yes. Now, unless you go to your foster agency and say, I only want to foster a child that is already available for adoption. Um, Because you can do that. There are children that are waiting, that are ready for adoption. Typically, they're children that are um, older, that have been in the system already. But if you go to them and say that, that is available. But I don't want people to think, oh, if I get a newborn baby in my house, then it'll be mine forever. Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the chances are. 50, 50. I don't know. That's a great point. And even thinking about how 
uh, it can look so different for each case or each family. Um, I learned recently just with the different friends I have that do foster, that are foster parents. Um, can you talk on kind of the different options? Like you signing up to be a foster parent to my knowledge doesn't have to mean you're, you're always getting calls for like these long-term situations. It can even be, um, just supporting the system, the system or supporting, um, families in, um, is it called respite care? Mm-hmm. Right. So there's like all sorts of, you can have a call for just a few days mm-hmm. or, um, in other words, it doesn't have to mean if you just want to get your feet wet, it doesn't have to mean that you're saying yes to these long-term things right away. You can still support and, um, be a foster parent without it meaning you're signing up for years of, does that make sense? Like, I thought it was cool when I found out there was lots of different options in terms of how you can be a part of the foster care system. No. Yeah, that's a great point. So you said the word respite care and mm-hmm. respite care. You have to be a fully licensed foster parent. So you're licensed just like any other foster parent. But when you do respite right. care, I think the maximum amount of time that a child can stay with you and it depends on, I mean, this was what I heard a couple years ago, so it could change, but I believe it's two weeks is typically the max that a foster child could stay with you if you are doing respite care. Mm-hmm. So that is a great way to kind of get your feet wet and see, um, is this something that would fit into our family during this season? And um, right. yeah, give it a shot. Yeah. Right. I think that's Absolutely. a great point. So Allison, can you talk a little bit about foster care and your marriage and how that has impacted your marriage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually something that my husband and I are both super passionate about. Um, when you decide to do foster care, it really needs to be a team decision. Um, and you guys got to be kind of on the same page with that. And if mm-hmm. you're single and wanting to foster that is totally awesome because um, I know people that are single, not married, that have fostered and they are rocking it and doing it a great job. So that's always a total option too. But mm-hmm. if you are married, it needs to be a joint decision that you both mutually decide to do together 100%. And not that like, oh, the wife's feeling called to do it and she's going to drag the husband along or vice versa. Right. Because when you're in it, you need to be in it together. And I really feel like the first step before, um, before pursuing becoming a foster parent is making sure that you and your husband are um, teammates and in a good, healthy place together. Um, because you're going to be bringing in children that have special needs. Um, these kids are going to be removed from their home for reasons, um, usually either physical abuse, sexual abuse, neglect, And they're going to have needs that come along with that. And you want to make sure that you both are um, ready to handle that and keep your marriage strong because that's the best thing that's going to be for the kids to see. Sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Allison, I have one last question for you, if you don't mind. Yeah. So let's say that... Maybe, you know, you want to foster, but your spouse does not, or it's just not in the cards for you to foster right now. Um, 
what's a good way for someone like that to support people like you who are actively, you know, or who have been actively in the foster care system or currently, you know, fostering kids um, to be a part of something like that without actually going through that themselves? Yeah, there are so many things that you can do it, if you're even if you're not a foster parent or a respite provider. Um, one of the awesome things that has blessed us, there is a lady in our church. Um, she's, I believe she's in her 60s, and she has taken the time out and she takes my daughter out that we adopted. Um, she takes her out usually on a monthly basis just to kind of mentor her be another loving, supportive person in her life because those kids can't have enough people kind of on their side rooting for them. Um, other things you can do, meals. I've never turned on a meal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I think Libby was talking about this earlier. I remember those days when we were, when we had our foster teens and they had appointments up in Toledo, and then you had to run here, and then they had this problem, so you had to go to this appointment. And I would, so many times, it was just like, okay, I guess we're doing McDonald's again, or a hot and ready. Like, Oh, yeah, girl. Oh, those hot and readies. I'm t- yes. Five bucks. Can't beat that. Right. Um, so if you just want to make a meal, we're the babysitting, Libby. Talked about the appointments that if you can just say, hey, I'll take a kid or two and watch them for a few hours. Um, those are awesome things that you can do to help out. And let me just say that Allison would text me on a weekly basis to tell me when she was free to babysit my children, just to be nice. Because she was like, I remember it. I'm like, I think there's, I think you have a lot more children than me. Like, I feel like I should be offering to babysit for you. (laughs) But I remember like, Libby, I, when I like, first like met you I remember so clearly being pregnant and having um foster young foster kiddos at that time and my heart just went out for you went out to you because I just remember how challenging um that season was so God just had us meet so that was cool yes yes it was very cool Allison, thank you so much for joining us in this conversation. You have been a blast and just a wealth of knowledge. Um, I think you're going to really bless all of our listeners, whether they are wanting to be a part of foster care or just wanting to support somebody they know in foster care. Um, I just have been really thankful for all the wisdom you've shared with us. Thanks, Allison. Thanks for having me. I think I'm your number one fan. So (laughs) (laughs) That's the best. Thank you. Thank you so much. You guys, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. We love getting to know Allison and hearing all of her wisdom and experience with foster care. And thank you all for your positive support and letters. We love hearing from you. So please keep writing in. You can connect with us on our Facebook and Instagram pages or email us at sincerelyuspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks. I can pick you up when you're heading down.